Hello, and welcome to our podcast, An Unconventional Teacher. I'm your host, John Hinthorne. This podcast explores the unconventional methods that make our classrooms and teachers great. We hope to uncover why it is that the unconventional ways of yesterday are now becoming the conventional ways of today. Now let's begin. Okay, welcome to an interview with Kim Sorensen. Most of you probably don't know Kim Sorensen, but you should. (laughs) Kim is absolutely wonderful. I got a chance to work with Kim for three years and she inspired not only me, but all of her students, every single one of them that walked in front of her. I got a chance to reach out to some of our our former students and um, in light of a conversation that Kim and I had before this interview, uh, where she cited she's not quite sure if she's an unconventional teacher, I had to go and uh, go to the source, go to the students. And so I went to three or four students, and I won't name any names because they are minors, but um, each of them have cited Miss Sorensen, as they lovingly call her, as truly an unconventional teacher, her ways, her demeanor, her relationships with students. And I'm so excited to have you here, Kim. Welcome to the show. Welcome to An Unconventional Teacher. I'm going to have you introduce yourself because you can do way better than I just did. And then we'll get to our three questions. Um, We're so excited you're here. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. That's a very lovely uh, introduction. So I'm Kim Sorensen, and I've been teaching for a very long time, uh, (laughs) since the early 1990s. Um, and I taught, I've taught at three schools throughout my career. One was in Eastside San Jose in a fairly urban school district, uh, Berryessa Union School District. I taught at Piedmont Middle and it was a wonderful experience where I taught English and drama, um, and had an amazing supportive group of people help me become a teacher. And really I was just so fortunate in that, uh, everybody at that school was genuinely interested in seeing me grow as a, as a professional. And I had wonderful students and just a great many opportunities. And I taught there for seven years. And uh, at that point, I, just, I think I really discovered who I was as a teacher. But then I took seven years off uh, to have my daughter and then returned to teaching. And I actually had thought I was retired. I thought at that point I wasn't ever coming back to teaching. But uh, <laughs> I changed my mind, and uh, I got a job at uh, in Gilroy, and I taught an intervention program there. Um, my students were um, mostly, they were in pretty serious legal and uh, educational trouble, and uh, it was a structured school situation where they had, like, they had a scripted program that I was supposed to do, and I learned very quickly that scripted was not for me. I didn't, I thought I could do it. I thought I could make it work for myself, but I found myself feeling so frustrated because I couldn't reach the kids the way I wanted to reach and stick with the script and the schedule that was set forth. So I left there and went to Turner School of Morgan Hill, which is a PBL based uh, school. And I've been there now 12 years. And it's, I think the home my educational home. I absolutely love it there. And I'm very fortunate. I have wonderful students, wonderful colleagues. We still miss you though. 
I miss being there. Truly, truly, absolutely miss being there. A uh, shout out to the Charter School of Morgan Hill. It's in Morgan Hill, just south of San Jose, California, if you're listening and not from California. And um, I want to go back and just cite that PBL, if, you, if you're not sure of what that is, it's project-based learning. So um, the charter school that we got to work at together and Kim still works at is, um, is a project-based learning school and truly so. Uh, one of the first um, in the area to, uh, to become a charter school um, and still is, is amazing. Um, awesome. Thank you for that introduction. We're going to start in today with talking about what inspires you. So what inspires you, Kim Sorensen, to be a teacher? So I didn't think I was going to be a teacher. Um, I had a really difficult, what you, I guess, call troubled childhood. It was, uh, my family was rife with alcoholism, drug addiction, violence. It was really common to have the police at my house. I was a fairly troubled kid, uh, but school was my refuge. It was, the teachers were supportive of me and kind, and there was books there. And I absolutely loved books as a kid. And I liked learning and it was a much safer place than it was at home. I wasn't a particularly good student until high school. Actually, in middle school, I was dismal. Uh, but teachers reached out to me, and they were kind to me, and they were encouraging to me, and their words really resonated and stuck and echoed with me, and they changed my life. And so I thought to myself that I would go back and I would teach for a few years uh, before I started my, my Master's of Fine Arts program. And I would teach for just a few years and pay back that psychic debt, if you will. Uh, but along the way, I really just fell in love with it. What inspires me to teach still is that teachers reached out and they changed my life and I want to do the same. But it, I read a book once called Among School Children by Tracy Kidder. And in it, he uses this metaphor of your, a, a child's life or a person's life is like a stream. It has a course. And we as teachers have handfuls of pebbles and we throw our pebbles into their stream. And if you throw enough pebbles, it's like one pebble is obviously not going to change the course of a stream. But if I throw enough pebbles in, you could. And you can even get the banks to overflow. I think a lot about that. That's something that has always stuck with me in that the teachers who changed my life did not see that change in me. Uh, they, they didn't see the results of their words. In that moment, it didn't happen. It wasn't like the light bulb went off and all of a sudden I transformed. It wasn't a Disney movie. Uh, but... So the teachers didn't even know it, but they did change my life. So I like to think about that metaphor a lot. Um, I strive to keep throwing my pebbles in again and again and again, and I hope that it's enough. Um, the second question that I want to ask all my interviewees is related to our theme of this podcast. and this movement or this group of teachers that we're trying to get together. And, and really, I have to say teachers and parents. And I want to bring that discussion in with you because I know you're a parent of a wonderful, wonderful now sophomore junior mm -hmm. <laughs> in college. But nonetheless, can you let us know what makes you strive every day to be an unconventional teacher? Well, I'm going to say, like, as you said, I don't really consider myself unconventional, but I can see why someone might. But for me, I think of myself actually as fairly old school and that I focus really hard on uh, what other people would think of as old school things. You know, uh, we read, we write, we talk, we, I do, we, t I still teach grammar, although in context. Um, so I, I think of myself as more old school than unconventional, um, but I'm willing to try new things 
anytime at the drop of a hat. And I, because number one, I like change and I really enjoy a challenge. I really enjoy discovery. Uh, it's the thrill of something new, something fun. Uh, so for example, each quarter, my students set a goal for themselves and it's part of their grade. It's 10% of their grade that they reach this goal. And the goal is usually something like, I'm gonna read this, this book that's out of the, a little bit higher than their grade level, or I'm going to try this genre. I'm gonna go back and re-edit all of last quarter's papers for this mistake that I keep seeming to make. Something along those lines. They set a goal for me. And I do that so that number one, I can model that behavior, like how to have a goal, how to break it down into steps, um, what to do if you run into problems and then how to reflect when it's all over. Uh, I do it for that and I also do it because it makes it fun and interesting for them. They really enjoy bossing me around and having control. There's nothing an adolescent likes better than to control something. I don't uh, know what you're talking about, a middle schooler <laughs> wanting to control something? No way. <laughs> yeah. So like I've had really interesting goals that they've set for me. Like I had to write a parody of the Magic School Bus and it had to be about them and I had to illustrate it. And so they tend to choose things that are so fairly difficult for me. They look at what my weaknesses are and they they try to find things that are gonna be really hard for me. Um, part, I think, cause they like to torment me, but it, it's again, that control thing. And it's fun to see me like have to struggle cause you know, they have to, I get to watch them struggle. So it seems fair. I had to write a horror story cause I'm a poet and they felt that was like a stretch. I had to write a, last year I wrote a rap song and had to make a rap video, a music video. Um, and I had to write 72 of them a person, all 72 of them a personal letter. Um, wow. So I, like they, they love that. But each of these tasks that they've set forth for me um, were difficult and they were overwhelming and I went through it. But in the end, I learned a lot from each of them, but they were so fun. Like to do something different once a quarter, to do something outside my box all, all the time, to use that terrible cliche. Um, but it's fun to be, to do something unconventional, do something outside. Um, it's exciting. So I guess I strive to be unconventional because it's fun. I love it. So you just proved yourself wrong. <laughs> um, I, I, I think that's awesome. Thank you for that. And there are a myriad of other things that I have seen you do that I might call upon in future episodes of this podcast. I hope I, hope I have your permission to um, call upon those. Looking at our last question, can you give us one story that illustrates when taking those risks has benefited you and or your students and or your class? Okay, well, I'm gonna go back to the goal situation. One goal they set for me one year, and this might've been the year you were there or the right year right after, it was they set a goal for me where I had to do what they called story time with Kim. So it was a particularly funny, goofy group of children. Every kid, every group has its own flavor, as you know. And this, this group was very funny, but they, they said, I, I like to talk, teacher. And so I occasionally would drop in little stories about my life in, in, inside of a lesson, which I, you know everyone is inclined to do, but I had in a pretty interesting life. And uh, they decided they wanted to have a story time with Kim Hour. And they wanted the whole period for me just to tell them stories and about me. And I think partially because they wanted a kickback day, you know, sit there and hang out and do nothing for a period that sounded fun and just listen. Uh, also because I think that they wanted to know me better um, and that they were kind of curious. Uh, so I wrote an outline and I came up with a theme and I told personal stories for the, for the 50 minutes. And it was, I was terrified. It was so funny because I'm not normally afraid to speak in front of a group under any circumstances. I have lots of theater experience. I'm comfortable doing that. And I'm a teacher, right? But I was just shaking inside. Uh, it was 
very frightening to be real with them in that way. I mean, I always strive to be real, but this was a raw kind of really like putting myself out there, showing who I have been and who I am and who I hope to be. And it was terrifying. And so I'm standing there and I'm telling I'm telling the stories. And one of my uh, students who's uh, now an adult, so I can even use his name, Jacob, uh, was sitting in the, the chair and he's all sprawled across this chair the way he did. And he just sat there with this look upon his face. And I thought to myself, oh no, I'm boring them. And I, and my heart is thudding and I'm, but I'm going through, I'm going to carry on, I'm doing it. And I get through the whole thing and the bell rings and I excuse them and Jacob gets up to go. And I said, hey man, I'm really sorry that I bored you. I know that wasn't, I know it wasn't uh, the most exciting day. And he looked at me startled. And I suppose you'd have to really understood, understand Jacob, but he looked at me startled and he said, oh no, it was awesome. I really loved it. And it was such a shock because he wasn't a child who ever said anything positive to anyone. Yeah. Uh, and and so I knew he he really meant it and I could tell from his face he really meant it. And, and then afterwards, like the, that group of kids and I were so bonded from that experience. And, um, I, and I was, I was, even afterwards, I was afraid of hearing complaints from parents, you know, like oh, you, you put yourself out there, you tell some personal things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did get, and the, the next day I opened up my email and it said, it says story time is the name of the thing. And I was like, oh no. And I, my heart was thudding again and I opened it up and it was some parent talking about how their daughter couldn't stop talking about story time and how for her, it just really relieved her mind, her, da- her daughter was relieved by my story because I talked about how my path had changed and I thought it was going to be one thing and it was another and how happy I am that I ended up where I was. And this little girl, she's 14 years old and apparently she'd been just really uh, sort of tormented by the fact that she, all of her friends had a life plan and she didn't at 14 and she didn't right. know what she wanted to be and she felt very anxious about that and then to find out that you can just kind of make it up as you go along and then find yourself really happy was for her such a relief. The places you impact them is never where you think you're going to impact them. So the risk was super worth it. I was terrified, um, but I, I learned a couple things from that. Um, I, I obviously had those kinds of lessons reinforced. I seem to learn the same things over and over again as a teacher. But I also learned how powerful storytelling really can be and how even at, in eighth grade, they hunger for that and they want it and they, they love it. And sometimes I think we think that they're too old for that kind of thing but they really aren't. Well, we're going to let that resonate. (laughs) Thank you so much, Kim. We have three questions. We have a small, short podcast. But the thing that I really enjoy is the fact that you're modeling for your students. You are actually going out and doing a goal when you ask them to do a goal. And not only are you doing a goal with them, but you're having them assign a goal, which is ultimate vulnerability. There's so often in our profession that we get good at something. I've been guilty of this all the time. And I say, here's the box. There's that good thing I'm good at. Nobody touches it. I'm going to take it out in July, you know, and look at it again and say, I'm really good at that. I'm going to do that again next year. And then come January or whenever you implement it, you do it and you don't ever ask for feedback. And you continually are asking for feedback each semester saying, what can my goal be? And you model that for your students and the connections that we're hearing from you and your story in particular, that that one student, Jacob, I know who you're talking about, (laughs) he connected with you and he was listening. So those two things kind of stood out for me. Um, I want to thank you for your time. 
I hope our listeners again enjoyed listening as much as I got to listen to you again. Uh, I miss you. I miss working with you, and um, it was so fun to reconnect with some of our students uh, in preparation for this episode. So um, enjoy your holidays. I hope your Thanksgiving was great, and uh, be well. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much, John. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of An Unconventional Teacher. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed producing it. This is a project to pay it forward to the teachers and educators out there seeking something different. If you are or have someone in your world that is an unconventional teacher, please send their name to anunconventionalteacher at gmail.com and we can work to get them on this show. Also, please join us on Instagram and Twitter at an unconventional teacher and be a part of our growing movement to embrace the different. As I tell each and every one of my classes I teach at the end of our time together, vive como si fuera su último día. Live like it were your last day. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time.